This is Jameson Morton, and you're listening to Legalist Rainmaker Podcast, where we interview attorneys at top law firms about how they made partner. Our guest today on the podcast is Alex Brown, a recently minted partner at Lathrop GPM. Alex graduated from University of Michigan Law School in 2010 and made partner in 2018. Alex, could you tell us more about Lathrop and your practice as a whole? Certainly. Well, actually, we are a brand new firm as of the January 1st. Uh, it was a merger between Lathrop Gage, um, based headquartered in Kansas City, and uh, a, a big law firm in Minneapolis called Gray Plant Moody. We're actually the two oldest law firms uh, west of the Mississippi, and we've got um, you know offices across the country, but have a you know a Midwest uh, a big Midwest presence. I came to the legacy firm, which was Lathrop Gage, back in 2013. Um, I left from a very large firm, which is now Denton's, and I was working at Denton's in the um, insurance practice, their insurance coverage practice, and switched, uh, and I was working for insurers. I was working for, uh, you know, travelers and various other large insurers doing their coverage work. And I, um, you know, while I love the work, I wanted to be on the policyholder side. So I switched to Gage in like 2013, and now I represent mostly, um, you know, policyholders in insurance disputes is, is a big part of my practice. But a, a, you know, a growing part of my practice, and, and one of the reasons I, hook, I hooked up with you guys, you know, in, in a conversation, is I do uh, civil rights claims now, which uh, in, involving wrongfully convicted people who have been released from prison and have uh, civil rights claims against the municipalities or entities who, um, you know, wrongfully confine them. So that's probably the, about 70% of my practice right now. So Alex, coming from your background in insurance policy, how was the transition into the civil rights litigation space? And are you enjoying your current work? In my perspective, and obviously I'm biased, I'm in the, the, best, pra- the best practice there is. I get to work with, uh, on behalf of of people who are really wronged, oftentimes, um, you know, minorities and and people who were with without with limited means, who were really, um, um, who had who had who who had a really bad experience with with somebody or with the state, and who were very unlucky. And oftentimes, my clients spend you know decades in prison wrongfully before they get out, and. Um, so I get to help them. It's it's kind it's kind of like pro bono work. It's it's, it's kind of what I like to do uh, on a pro bono side, but I get to do it for money, and and it's fun. So it's I I think it's the best it's the best part of law. I mean I love it all, but I got into it because when I was working for my prior firm, I was in the insurance coverage department and. Um, really learned there all about, you know, liability policies, about insurance coverage in general. And when I switched to Lathrop GPM, the, um, our, our firm had this practice, this, this civil rights practice. And, it, and I found that my knowledge of insurance policies and my knowledge of coverage really 
help the practice because I could help resolve um, the cases uh, using insurance proceeds, uh, helping both, you know, the wrongfully convicted people as well as, um, you know, the municipalities who are being sued, uh, you know, vindicate their rights and settle the situation without having to actually go to litigation. Could you talk a bit about how you made partner then in your practice area? I heard you also won a major case for the firm. Was that a big contributing factor? So I did insurance coverage as an associate for, for the big firm and then left that um, before I made partner. And uh, about my fourth year, I switched from a big insurer-sided firm to let up GPN, which only represents policyholders. Mm. And when I got here, there was a... Uh, our firm had a case, it was a long shot uh, case in Mississippi, um, in the federal court of Southern District, Southern District of Mississippi, involving three men who were, had been um, convicted back in the 80s, um, three black men who were basically rounded, out, rounded up by some uh, local um, Klansmen who were also involved with the police, and they uh, were in prison, or they were convicted of uh, raping and murdering a um, white woman back then. And so these men spent about 86 years collectively in prison and finally got out. And when we went to sue um, the county and the city and everybody who was involved with it, unfortunately my clients had died, but when we went to sue the, the county, we realized that they had no money except for um, you know, insurance policies. And so the, my firm kind of, you know, they let me have the reins with it and, and uh, you know, really, really litigated it. And so I litigated it for about four years and we ended up, um, you know, winning a couple really important co court cases. And it was a very profitable um, endeavor for our firm. It was, it was a contingency fee case and we, we won big. And so, Based upon that case, that really set my career up to take on more of these kind of cases. Wow. It sounds like winning the case in Mississippi was a critical moment that accelerated your career. Would you say that it's necessary for associates to win a major case like you did in order to make partner? No, I think, I think my situation is, is unique. Uh, I was very lucky. I think that um, the, the most important thing that that you can do as an associate or, or as a young partner or as a, or of counsel is to um, be as responsive as possible. Be the first one to, to, to respond to your client. Make sure that if, if your client or your, your, if you're working for someone else, uh, their client, they, they hear from you um, right when they reach out. I think that associates need to, keep in mind that, um, you know, the people that they are working for, their clients are not living the same kind of lifestyle as, as the associate is. And they don't, they have different concerns and they have different things driving them. Oftentimes they're not the ones in charge of, at the top. And so they have to answer to someone else. And so, you know, it, it, I think it's more important that, that, that you are uh, stay, in constant communication with them um, as soon as possible. And I think that that's what clients really appreciate, even if you don't have the answer to, to make sure that you're there 
uh, for them and, and they know that you're, you're on the case and I'm not leaving them hanging. I see a mistake sometimes where associates will want to, you know, we'll get a question from somebody and they'll want to, um, you know, research it to death to make sure they have the right answer, which is a good thing. But they sometimes case until it's too late and it gives the client anxiety. And so I think that that's something to learn about is, is, is to reach out and, and don't let, you know, good communication with clients and, and consistent communication is very important. Since we're talking about advice for young associates already, are there any other tips that you might want to share? Maybe a message for our audience? A lot of associates who listen to our podcast are interested in that secret sauce that will help get them the title. You know, what, wherever you get placed, and I know that, that when you first join a firm, you probably don't have um, as much say as, as, as you want. Sometimes you do, but, or sometimes you, you get put into a group where you thought you wanted to be in and you turned out you didn't like it. Um, I think it's really important, regardless of where you end up, not to despair, to invest yourself um, as wholeheartedly as possible in the work that you're doing because you never know when that work is going to, um, you know, help you in a different kind of setting. And, um, you know, don't stick around too long. If you, if you, if you, once you recognize that it's time to move, don't make the mistake of, 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 of staying there because you're complacent for, you know, eight, nine years. I think, I think that you learn what you're going to learn, figure out, how you can use those, how you, how you can transfer those skills and, and move on when you recognize that you're at a place where you don't want to be. That's a great message. With that, I want to transition to our last section and ask about litigation funding. Have you ever used litigation funding? For sure. You know, my typical case is, uh, picks up right where after people have exonerated and, and these people have no money, have no means, um, and, uh, but they have very large, uh, claims that they're going to bring that are worth a lot of money. Um, but it takes some time to, to, to get them, to get them that way. So, you know, just from the standpoint of, of, of providing them some relief, um, in the interim before they are, uh, you know, before litigation has either is concluded, that's where we really use uh, litigation finance. I, I know it's probably not the uh, typical use, but um, you know that's that's what what's been very helpful for us. I mean, we've we have um, you know typically secured litigation financing between you know fifty thousand to five hundred thousand um, dollars for these for these people while they're while the claims are being litigated and it's allowed them the flexibility to actually, uh, you know, live uh, before the cases are resolved and takes the pressure off everybody to, to have to get this resolved immediately just to provide for their basic needs. So it's a, criti- it's a critical, found, uh, critical part of our practice. So would you recommend litigation funding as a good resource for young associates as they build up a book of business? Well, you need to know the risks and the, and the rewards of, of the situation. If you are trying to make your your mark in the world, just starting out, and you need 
the funding to do that to, to make to be able to make you know good decisions and be able to um to to not have to rush yourself i think litigation funding could be a good solution for someone who um who needs uh that support before uh, to make sure that they litigate the case successfully and and do have a have a good first um success all right thanks for listening legalist is a tech-driven litigation finance firm that helps lawyers get paid rate our podcast and give us a review wherever you find your podcasts see you next time